the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Do you ever feel like a, just a lousy disciple? <laughs> Do you ever feel like uh, you're inadequate as a Christian? Ever feel like a failure in your Christian life? Ever feel like you're not good enough to be a disciple? You're not good enough to serve the Lord? Or that God could never use you because you've denied Him in some way? You know, Johnny Cash was once asked about his Christian faith, and Johnny Cash said, I'm somewhere between an A and a D Christian. Don't let anyone convince you that God expects perfection of you. He knows full well how incapable you are of righteousness. He wouldn't have sent His Son if there was a way for us to earn His forgiveness. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind us of the incompetence of the apostles. Every single one deserted Jesus when he was arrested. They allowed their fears and doubts to outweigh their faith. Yet Jesus didn't kick them out and look for a better crew to establish his church. He forgave and used them. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to be in John chapter 21. If you want to turn there in your Bible for me, beginning in verse 1. And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, And two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. (laughs) And they said to him, we're going to go with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Apparently they've been fishing on the wrong side of the boat. (laughs) And you will find some. And so they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. The other disciples came in the little boat, 
for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Well, here we have the the restoration of Peter, in particular, uh, during a, a breakfast, during a meal on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And in this account, we, we have just a, a wonderful picture of the nature of our Lord, the nature of Jesus. Uh, and we have a picture here of, of his amazing grace. You know, Jesus responded to Peter with grace. He responded to, to Peter with forgiveness. He, he sought out Peter for reconciliation to, to restore the relationship between them that was broken, just as he does with us. He seeks us out. Uh, when we go astray, when we wander from him, when we go places we shouldn't go and do things we shouldn't do, Jesus pursues us to be reconciled. He seeks reconciliation with us. And just let, let me remind you of Peter's story. At the Passover supper, the night of Jesus' arrest, Jesus informed his disciples that, that all of them would des- desert him that night When he was arrested, they would all abandon him and flee. To which Peter replied, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Go, Peter. And Jesus said to Peter, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. To which Peter insisted, no, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And you know what happened. Peter did deny the Lord three times that night. And we're told in the Gospels that after he denied the Lord, Peter went away weeping bitterly, brokenhearted over his failure, brokenhearted over denying the Lord. And so now John 21, we're told this is the third appearance recorded in John's Gospel This is actually the the seventh appearance, if you put all the Gospels together, this is the seventh appearance of Jesus to the disciples after the resurrection. It's the third time in John's Gospel. Again, in verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. And in this way, he showed himself. So remember, Jesus is crucified, buried, and resurrected down in Jerusalem, and now Uh, They've moved up to the Galilee. Uh, If you remember at the Last Supper, Jesus told his disciples, after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. So he told them ahead of time that he's going to meet them in Galilee. And then the morning of his resurrection, when the, the women go to the tomb and they find the stone rolled away and the tomb is empty and there's an angel there at the tomb, the angel said to the women, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, 
that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And so the angel said, go tell the disciples that Jesus will meet you in Galilee, including Peter. You know, he, he, was, he was careful to mention Peter. Make sure Peter knows. Make sure you tell Peter. Include him. Peter in particular. And so now the disciples were in Galilee in the north. Uh, and in verse 2, we're told the, the disciples that are there, Simon, Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples were there. But the two other disciples aren't mentioned by name. Isn't that something? You know, they get kind of left out here. I wonder if when they read the Gospel of John, they said, hey, wait a minute. Why didn't you mention my name? So they're there. And then it goes on in verse 3, and it says, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat And that night they caught nothing. Peter said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. Now, fishing was not Peter's hobby. Fishing was his livelihood before he was a disciple. Peter made a living as a a fisherman. So what Peter does here, when he says, I'm going fishing, Peter decided to go back to his old life. Before he was a follower of Jesus Christ, before he was a disciple, He goes back now to his old pursuits from his BC days, what he used to do. We we could say that Peter is backsliding. He's sliding back into what he used to do, into the things he used to do before he followed Jesus Christ. Now, why did Peter go back to his old life? Well, maybe Peter was discouraged because he denied the Lord. Maybe he thought he had blown it so badly that the Lord would never use him in the ministry. Maybe he thought his, his sin disqualified him from serving the Lord. Or maybe he thought, obviously, I'm not cut out to be a disciple. I'm just going to go back. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like a, just a lousy disciple? <laughs> Do you ever feel... Like uh, you're inadequate as a Christian? Ever feel like a failure in your Christian life? Ever feel like you're not good enough to be a disciple? You're not good enough to serve the Lord? Or that God could never use you because you've denied him in some way? You know, Johnny Cash was once asked about his Christian faith. And Johnny Cash said, I'm somewhere between an A and a D Christian. And we, we feel like that sometimes. sometimes. Some days we do really great. Other days it's kind of a C minus day or a D day. And we hope to get it up to a C plus by the end of the day, you know, just so we can live with ourselves. That was Peter. And what did Peter do? Peter went back to his old life and his old pursuits. And those that were with Peter joined him. Verse 3 says, look what it says. Verse 3, they went out and immediately they got into the boat. Notice how easy it was for them to go back to their old life. They immediately got into the boat. The old life was right there waiting for them. You know, you don't, you don't have to look very hard to find your old life. It's right there waiting for you, always. But notice also, they fished all night and they caught nothing. And let me just say, if you're, if you're considering going back to your old life, it's empty. It's empty. There's nothing there. You're not going to enjoy it the way you used to enjoy it. Once you've tasted the goodness of the Lord... You can't go back. It's just not the same. So they, they fish all night, which was, you know, they fished at night on the Sea of Galilee. 
It was normal. They fished all night. They didn't catch anything. Now verse 4 says, when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus came and found them in their backsliding. He found them in their backsliding. He found them in their old pursuits. He, He caught them in the act. He showed up while they were doing the things they used to do. He didn't didn't find them in church. He found them in a boat. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. In verse 5, Jesus called out to them from the shore. And I, I, I love this moment here. Jesus, they're, they're busted. And Jesus calls out to them. Now, now, if you were Jesus, and thank God you're not, and thank God I'm not, but if just, you know, just for the sake of pretending here, just, if you were Jesus, what would you say to them? What are you doing fishing? What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. I can't believe you went back to your old life. I can't believe you would do this. Aren't you glad that you're not Jesus and I'm not Jesus? Because that's what we'd we'd say to them. We'd rebuke them. But look what Jesus said. Verse (laughs) 5. I love this in part because I I enjoy fishing quite a bit. And he he said to them, Children, have you any food? Did you catch anything? Do you have any fish? Now that doesn't sound like an angry question, does it? It It doesn't sound like Jesus is disappointed. With that question. You know, it, you know, it's not like Jesus is standing on the shore with his arms folded and this look of disgust on his face, you know, like your dad standing in the driveway when you come home late or something like that. Kids, catch any fish. Now, fishermen hate that question when you've caught nothing. Uh, if you're a fisherman and you get asked that question and you've caught nothing, you have to pretend like you really don't mind that you caught nothing. And you say, no, but it's a beautiful day and I'm glad to be on the water. You know, at least I'm not at work. You know, the worst day fishing beats the best day working kind of thing. Kid, did you catch any fish? And they yell back, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you'll find some. Now, they're, they're, he's on the beach. He's on the shore. They're out in the water. It doesn't matter what side they cast the net on, or at least it shouldn't. But they listened to him, so they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And I want you to see here, again, we're seeing just the nature of Jesus and how Jesus deals with, with, with us especially when we're backsliding. And I want you to see here and note that Jesus blessed them while they were backsliding. He blessed them. 
when they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, he blessed them in that. Now, again, put yourself in the story. If you were Jesus or if I were Jesus, would you bless them and they're backsliding? I don't think so. You know, we, we would make the boat spring a leak and sink. You'll never do this again. That'll teach you out here fishing like this. But isn't that how some people view God? That, I, you know, I've, I've sinned, I've blown it, I've, I've, I've backslidden, and God's going to get me. God's going to stick it to me now. Jesus blessed them. While they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing, while they were somewhere they shouldn't have been, Jesus blessed them in it. You know what this is called? This is called grace. It's grace. Grace is hard for us to understand because it kind of goes against our nature. But, but the grace is undeserved favor from God. It's undeserved favor from God. The, the disciples were disobedient. They had gone back to their old life. They sure didn't deserve a record catch. But Jesus gave them a record catch by his grace. God deals with us on the basis of grace. He gives us what we don't deserve. And God is teaching the disciples and he's teaching us about his grace and how gracious he is to us, especially when we backslide, especially when we mess up. Verse 7 says, Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. Who else could it be? Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it. He's out there in the heat on the Sea of Galilee working. And so he puts his outer garment in and he jumps into the water. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, you know, maybe 100 yards off the beach. And they come and they're dragging the net with fish up onto the beach. Now, this event is very similar to when Jesus initially called Peter to be a disciple. And I want to look at that together. So if you want to turn with me back to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 to the left in your Bible. And this is, you know, this is three years or so before when Jesus initially called Peter to be a disciple and the others, verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Simon Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And so get the picture. You've got thousands of people up on a hillside there, right by the, the Sea of Galilee. Jesus gets into a boat. He pushes out a little way from the shore and he sits down on the boat and he's teaching the multitudes up on the hillside. Back in the 1970s, uh, engineers actually did sound tests on the hillsides next to the Sea of Galilee. And they found that thousands and thousands of people could hear someone just standing on the shore speaking in a normal speaking voice without having to raise your voice or yell. Because of the acoustics, it creates a natural theater and the sound just carries right up the hillside. So that's what he's doing here. He's sitting in the boat uh, and he's teaching. Then verse four, when he had stopped speaking, 
he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, and the word he uses here, master, it can also be translated chief or boss. He could be saying this sarcastically. Look, chief, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He's not calling him chief now. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Very similar to the story we're reading in John chapter 21. Jesus restored Peter in the same place where Jesus had called. Isn't that something? Same location. He restored Peter where he had called Peter, reminding Peter and reminding us that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Even when we blow it in our walk, just like Peter, even when we fail, God's calling remains. He doesn't withdraw his calling on our life. Now go back to chapter 21, look at verse 9. It says, then, then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And Simon Peter went up, and he dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Now there's all kinds of theories about why John mentions the exact number of fish that were in the net. What, you know, what's the significance of 153 fish? Now some have said 153 fish represents all the nations of the world, and this is a picture of the gospel going to all of the nations of the world, and people from every nation uh, uh, you know, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The problem I have with that theory is there's 195 nations in the world, not 153. So I don't think it's talking about the nations. I believe, my personal opinion, John was a fisherman. He notes there's 153 fish because that's a lot of fish. And someone who's a fisherman would note that kind of thing. It was so many fish. I'm telling you, we got 153 fish. That's how many fish we got. I, when I was about 10 years old, I used to, I grew up in Florida. I did a lot of fishing in the Gulf of Mexico with my brother-in-law. And there was one occasion when I was about 10, when my brother-in-law and I went out deep sea fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. We came upon a board floating in the water. And under the board was a huge school of dolphin. Not the mammal, not like flipper, but dolphin fish. Mahi, mahi. Uh, and we sat there and we we caught so many dolphin that we caught until we ran out of bait. It was 65 dolphin. 40 years ago, and I still remember the exact number because it was so many. And when we got home, we counted them because it was unbelievable. I think that's kind of what's going on here with John. John's saying, 
Hey, it was 153 fish. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton at Ring of Truth. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more from this series in the Gospel of John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on Media. There you'll have access to our entire library of Pastor Dan's messages. You're welcome to listen to online and download for free to share with friends and family. That website one more time is calvaryec.com. Before we close our time with you, we'd like to ask you something. Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please, pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Thank you for taking the time to pray. How can we be praying for you during this study in John? We'd be honored to do that. Please contact us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. Join us at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, and you can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. Feel free to read ahead in John before joining Pastor Dan next time, right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.